welcome to the Dr. Nurse Podcast. This week, we're going to be talking with David Metzger. He is a pediatric oncology nurse, podcaster, and the author of his most recently titled book, Nurse Papa. He encounters the crazy intersections of his life as a dad to healthy kids and his role as a nurse caring for sick kids. David is also the host and the creator of the Nurse Papa podcast, in which he shares and normalizes his wild stories of parenthood. This episode today is a wild ride and can be tough to hear at times. Get some tissues. You might want to have your kiddos close so you can hug them after the episode. I definitely walked over after recording this episode and gave my kid a really big hug. I wanted to share a little excerpt from his book titled Nurse Papa, because I think that it really describes what he's trying to merge as he writes his experiences down as a nurse, taking care of pediatric oncology children, and then as a dad. Here we go. Before I was a father, I foolishly considered myself to be someone of an expert in the hearts and minds of children, and one uniquely equipped to maintain my cool when those hearts and minds erupted. I had taken care of thousands of kids. I had seen close up what makes many of them tick and often how to work around those things. I learned very quickly though, that being a parent is infinitely more difficult and complicated than caring for the children of others. That excerpt is taken from Break from Heartbreak, A Slice of Fatherhood from his book, Nurse Papa. Again, that's just a really short clip of how he writes and what he's trying to do in his writing. It is incredibly inspirational. I know you're going to walk away from this episode and and want to listen to his podcast and maybe purchase his book. I have the links in my show notes so that you can find exactly where all his stuff. He's just a really genuine person. I really hope I present that in a way on today's episode. And before we get started, I have to tell you guys about one of the brands that helps support the Dr. Nurse podcast. Medicine Mountain Scrubs is my favorite scrubs. I wear them all the time on Instagram. I'm constantly dancing in them. And then I also wear them to work. They're such a great brand to to just try out if you're looking for a new set of scrubs. I love their ethics behind their company. I love that it's Nurse Ran. Oriana is a nurse and she is been on my podcast and she supports the Dr. Nurse podcast. So I really want you guys to check out her scrubs, support nurse owned businesses. Use code Dr. Nurse for free shipping off your order today. Again, that's code Dr. Nurse for free shipping. Now let's dive in today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, David. I'm so happy to hear about your journey and kind of how you got to the spot that you are today in your career. Um, happy to have you on. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I'm excited to talk. Let's take it from the top. How would you describe your current job title and your roles? What do you do for a living? I'm a pediatric oncology nurse and take care of kids who have cancer, hematology disorders. Many of them go to bone marrow transplant. So these days, primarily a bone marrow transplant nurse, which I don't know how much about pediatric cancer, but it's kind of the last stop for many of these kids who have the really refractory cancers. They're either going to get a a bone marrow transplant or they're going to die. I actually was an oncology nurse for adults. I've never had to actually treat children. It was one of the things that I knew I could not physically, emotionally handle. So, but I did do a stint in the bone marrow transplant unit. So I do remember taking care of adults that had gotten bone marrow transplant. I cannot imagine what it would be like to take care of children that needed bone marrow transplants. So what led you to, I guess, becoming a nurse? Oh, well, that's not all you do, correct? That's an incredible part of your career, but that's not the only part of what you do, correct? Like you said, I'm a podcaster and I do lots of writing. I wrote a book before I was a nurse. I was a sculptor and a painter, and I actually had a business making kind of large scale sculptures for hotels and restaurants and convention centers for about six years after college. And then I decided I wanted to do something a little bit more humanistic with my time. So I went to nursing school. One of the questions I typically ask people is to take me through the moment they decided to become a nurse and what led them to become a nurse, and then walk me through till the spot that they, how they kind of 
made those micro decisions and little turns and shifts in their career to where they are today. And I guess we can take it from that from that point, but Tell me a little bit about your podcast and kind of what it is that you talk about on your podcast, and then a little bit more expand, expand upon what you wrote about. Yeah. So the Nurse Papa podcast, it's really about being a human parent in this world from the perspective of a nurse who takes care of kids. So I tell these very um, typical yet amazing <laughs> stories about parenthood, all my fumbles and mistakes and I really try to normalize that there is no parent that is perfect and it's not perfect being a parent. That's hard. So there's that part of the podcast. I tell stories and I have another segment where called Dear Nurse Papa, where a listener writes into me and I answer their parent question. And then I have a third section where I tell stories about nursing. So I really try to um, kind of hone in on you know, all the very important parts of my life and tell a funny yet really important story about where I am and how I got there. Yeah. And the funnest part about my podcast is that my daughter and my son often take part. <laughs> yes. That's what I also liked about it. When I listened, I thought it was a very interesting and creative way to describe different conversations that you were having with your children. And then also the processing that you do when you walk away, because as an, as a parent, I really related to that because there are moments that my son will say or do something and then I'll walk away and I'll think that was a teaching moment for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And so hearing your podcast and listening to how you described different moments or different situations with your children and, and how insightful and deep you are. are, you, Very, are we, were you listening to the right podcast? <laughs> yes, I was. Yes, I was. Nurse Papa podcast? Um, <laughs> yes, Nurse Papa podcast, yeah, for sure. And just, and again, just walking away thinking, I'm glad I'm not the only parent that had to kind of check myself or I had to kind of shift my perspective on something because you're right where there is no perfect parent, even though there's no manual, you don't get like a, you read all these books about how to be a great parent, but each kid needs different things. And it's really hard to, to know what children need. And then also I think that they're here on earth to teach us a lot about ourselves. So, um, mm, absolutely. I, I think that's a really cool perspective that your podcast brings to the podcast airways. Yeah. So I'm definitely glad that you shared. Tell me a little bit about your book, your yeah. Nurse Papa book. So the book is called Nurse Papa, 16 Meditations on Parenthood from Pediatric Oncology, from a pediatric oncology nurse. Yeah, the book is really about that crazy intersection of caring for sick and dying kids as a nurse and trying to raise my healthy ones. You know, at first I was really just trying to tell a story because as a pediatric nurse and specifically a oncology nurse, there is just so much human drama. It is just wild what I encounter every day. It runs the gamut from joy to terror, to pain, to, to abject sadness. And I just wanted people to see what people, what other people go through. And that was my first intention, just to start writing these stories down. And it changed like any, like really valid form of art, it evolved. And eventually I started to look at nursing through the eyes of a parent. And what I could learn from these parents who are going through these, you know, horrible situations and from these kids. And it just came down to these amazing lessons that I wanted to show to other people. Yeah, I love that. How do you parent differently because you are a pediatric oncology nurse? That's a really interesting question. Um, I might have to really think about that in a way that is really thoughtful, but I am definitely, first off, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm hands off, but I let my kids do stuff. Like I've seen so many kids die and so many kids in so much pain. And if my daughter wants to do something that's slightly questionable. I'm like, yeah, dude, do it. Like live your life. Like I'm not good. Don't let me tread on your, on your happiness. That doesn't mean I'm going to like, let them do something stupid, but Sure. I, I want them to experience life. I want them to bump into things. I want them to hurt. I want them to love. I want them to laugh. I want them to learn and all the L's and <laughs> alliteration. There. It's very good alliteration. Yeah. Learn, love, laugh. <laughs> There's Papa. Cause I've seen so many kids have such short lives and 
I could have a shorter life. Who knows what will happen after this interview? I might choke sure. on a chicken bone. And how do I know my daughter is going to live to you know to be eight years old? I don't think it's morbid to think about these things because I think that's how life works. I I'm a fatalist. Like I just I want my kids to be happy. So I think having seen so many intense situations and seen so many short lives, like I don't want my kids to waste one second of their lives, and I want them to to know how precious it is. So that is weighty. And as a mom, there's certain things that once you have a kid, you just can't handle. And before I was a mom, I, I knew I could not handle children and, and living and, and, and watching that stuff. But I saw it as an adult and it does change you even when you see adults dying of cancer and you're, you're seeing these things that you're like, I'm 22 years old. I had no idea people were dealing with these things because I was a little bit sheltered from them. And then again, when you realize that children don't make it until eight years old, you could die at two and these different things that you have to kind of process and then begin to just act normal, right? With your kid and not be this panicked parent of like, oh my gosh, what is that? I could see it translating into very clearly and very easily into anxiety. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Where you have now turned it into a meditative practice bringing I'm almost like almost kind of feel and again correct me if i'm wrong it almost feels like a therapeutic expression of what you've seen at your job and trying to share it with the world and probably process it and and mull it over and and deal with it yourself I guess lots of, of the processing for sure but it wasn't in some ways it wasn't an active process i didn't make myself do anything i just yeah. i am who i am so I, I guess I meant like, as you write and as you create, yeah. does it help you kind of process and I guess kind of, I don't know, maybe meditatively or just kind of spiritually deal with the heaviness of the things that you see or yeah. does it not? I mean, I feel like no, it, it has to it absolutely come out does. some way. Yeah, it right? has to come out some way. So first and foremost, I am an artist. Like no matter what I'm doing, I'm going to be making a painting, sculpting, writing, playing music, I, I got to do it. It's just like in my bones, it's in my heart. I have no choice. Yeah. So right now um, I'm a nurse, I'm a father. And that's how, that's where it comes out. You know, I'm, I write about nursing. Yeah. I write about being a father. It's, it's just like yeah. me just like interacting with the world. And for this yes. book specifically, you know, I had to go to some very dark places. I had to go through some mm -hmm. dark tunnels to get out on the other side and to be able to write something that was coherently true. Yes. I was always yes. talking because I, I, this book isn't just about me. I interviewed 30 or 40 people for it. Nurses, doctors, former patients, parents who lost their kids. It was an intense process of like getting into people's hearts, like in such a deep way. And that's mm -hmm. kind of why the book is so powerful because you don't hear just my perspective. You hear like so many perspectives and I grew in that process. It was, it was just tremendous, but I would always, as I was having people read the book when it was in the process of being written, my question would always be not, is it good, but is it true? Like, can you read this? And is it true? And that's all that was important to me that I was making something true. And here's the thing, Sandra, the truth hurts a lot. Sometimes if you're going to be true, you have to be okay with coming off like an yeah. and sometimes I'm, yeah. I'm an yeah. can we swear yeah. on this? Typically we don't. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> saying is 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 really weighty it's it's a super weighty and i feel like if people especially nurses and in particular parents when they read your book and when they listen to your podcast what are you hoping that they walk away with when they read your work so as an artist i think the biggest mistake you can make is to have a heavy-handed expectation for what you want somebody to experience. That being okay. said, I want somebody to listen to nurse Papa or read nurse Papa and go, Hey, that's me too. Because like, that's the best kind of form of art is when somebody can just look at it and completely relate to it. That's when you laugh the hardest. And that's when you cry the most is when you feel like, Oh, I was there or I'm going to be there. And I feel like it's such a human experience to relate to others and to make yeah. art that others can see themselves in. 
Yeah. Cause that's what I described, right? Like when I was talking about your podcast, I walked away and was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I can relate to what he's writing here. One of the things that you described, and I'll just share this, David, because I think it's something very important. But when I went part-time at my job, it was for the mindset that you just said. And it almost makes me feel crazy to say it because it's one of those things that you don't want to talk about. But I did look at my life and think, if I died tomorrow, and again, I think when you've been an oncology nurse, you see it a little more closely, right? Like you really mm -hmm. do, it, it hits you in the face a little bit more than other areas of nursing care. But I just remember thinking, and because I've had that background, I, I do tend to go back to that spot and just kind of assess my life. And like, you don't know, you could choke on a chicken bone, like you said today. Like, unless you're a vegetarian, you, but yes. <laughs> yes, unless you're a vegetarian. And then if you are a vegetarian, you choke on a chicken bone, yeah. everyone's going to know you're not. So just yeah. don't choke on the chicken bone. You don't want to get outed right when you die. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> he eats meat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So make sure you swallow that. But anyway, my point being that I I did assess my career decision based on what I had seen as a nurse and just said, what? If that is what I, you don't know, you don't know when you're going to die. You don't know how this all ends. What do you want the time that you're living to look like? I knew I didn't want it to, I knew it yeah. I did not want my time to be poured into my job. And so I know that it's kind of hard to do the job of an oncology nurse, but it does you a big favor in the fact that you have to be faced with life or death so much that you begin to really look at it in yourself. It's a gift that it gives yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't yeah. know. That's how I felt. Yeah, it's a total gift. I love taking care of people. And one of my favorite things to do, and this might sound weird, is end-of-life care. I think it's a beautiful thing to do. I, I love being that nurse who can take care of a child who is dying because you're doing such a service to them. If you can make a dying child as pain-free and happy as possible when they're dying and to give their family as much comfort, like, I don't know, like, man... I don't, I'd rather do that than be Bill Gates or Elon Musk. I don't need any money. Like that's just to be of service. is like the best payment that you can ever ask for anything. But I always think, and this is something that it took me a long time to realize is that there is so much pain in the world. There are wars going on. There's a famine. There is just like, is endless. But just because you don't know about it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So I want to be there. I want to be at that bedside and I want to experience it because it is the mark of living a full life of just being available to what is there. Cause you can like live in a box, but like, man, you're going to die in that box too. It's just not worth it. Sorry. <laughs> you're supposed to make me cry. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> this podcast is not supposed to be about that. But I think what you just shared is really beautiful. So let's take it from the second question, which is take me through when you decided to become a nurse and kind of your program that you went through that you told me about, mm -hmm. and then kind of how you started all these other side hustles um, and side things and adjuncts to your current nursing role. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you how I became a nurse and it's like the least sexy story. It is so dumb. So my mom is a nurse. My dad is a doctor, but I can't say that they actually inspired me to go into medicine. I, I was a sculptor and a painter for a long time. And I, I think I was, I was coming back from a job that was in Florida, in Hollywood, Florida. I don't know how close that is to Gainesville. Yeah. But I was just like, oh man, I am over this. I need to do something else. And I sat down and turned on the TV and ER came on that like hospital show. And I was like, oh, why don't I be a nurse? It's like so stupid. And <laughs> I, I looked into it and it seemed to be a job that made sense. I applied to school. I did this funny thing where it's really hard to get into my program. So I actually printed out an acceptance letter and even Photoshopped like UCSF insignia on it. And I sent it out to all my friends. I said, print this out and send it to me. And like 30 of my friends sent me like an acceptance letter. And then like a week later I got accepted and it was like almost the exact same letter. Like it was so like weird. Anyway, weird. so 
to how I became a nurse, I don't think it's that interesting of a story, but how I became a pe pediatric nurse, I think is really interesting. Yeah. So my program, um, unfortunately, they make you pick what kind of nurse you want to be before you go to school, which is like telling a two-year-old child, like, tell me what you want to major in, in, in college before you go to kindergarten. It's just ridiculous. Like it's, it's like to make their life easier and not make you the person you should be. So I picked yeah. adult, adult acute care. That may, seemed to make sense. I didn't know anything about kids. So I started my program. We had to do all the different demographics of nursing. So the first day that I work in pediatrics, I'm like standing in the hall with my finger up my nose. And this nurse taps me on the shoulder. She's like, I need you to come help me. She brings me into this room and there's this little girl. She's like two years old and um, all alone standing in her crib and like this in a diaper. And she's covered with all these horrible sores. So she had Steven Johnson's disorder, which is a autoimmune disease that's fairly common. When I saw her, I almost fainted. I was like, what is going on with this, with this child? And then the nurse told me that she was probably gonna be okay. And she's like, can you stay with her and just calm her down? Cause she was screaming and there's no parent there. And I didn't know what to do. Like, how do you do that? So I just picked her up and I started singing her a song that I'd been working on. And she grabbed my thumb and she brought it to her face and she stopped crying. And we just sat, we just stayed there swaying back and forth. And when I stopped singing, she started crying again. So I just kept it up. And that night I was laying in my bed and I don't know how many times this has happened to you, but I had such a clarifying experience. I was staring at the ceiling as I often do at nighttime. And I was, and I, was I said to myself, I need to be a pediatric nurse. Like there's no way I cannot work with kids. It just felt so right. And there's only, God, that doesn't happen very often. When the, when the universe tells you something, you got to listen to it because if you don't, you're gonna be living a lie. So I literally, the next day I went to my advisor and told her I'm dropping out of the program. Either you switch me to pediatrics or I'm dropping out. And she said, we can make it work. And of course, two weeks later, they took it back. So I dropped out. I got my nursing certificate, which I don't actually know what that actually means, but I've been working as a pediatric nurse for 15 years. <laughs> I don't really know if I'm licensed or not. Yeah, I'm no, I'm definitely kidding. licensed. I took, I took the NCLEX, I kicked ass on it. 75 I'm questions. Kidding. I'm just I'm going to get like the, wait, whoop, they're here. They've they come, they come for me. <laughs> No, I'm all good. <laughs> that is an incredible story. Yeah. And so from there, and I know you <clears throat> described this earlier, that you're a creator and you're a sculptor and you're an artist at heart. And so as you were working in this field, when did you start to, when did you decide like, okay, I'm going to start podcasting about what I'm doing and I'm going to write a book about what I've seen. When did I mean, that, that come didn't... to fruition for you and your yeah. journey? I didn't start writing the book until it made sense until I had something to write about. Like, and what really happened was I was a parent. I, I came into pediatric oncology, barely being able to spell oncology. I can spell it really well now, but I wasn't a parent. I don't think I understood what it meant to be a parent until I was one. And when I became a dad and then a dad of two, like just the context of how I relate to these kids and these parents, especially it just turned it over on its head. Like I went from sympathy to empathy. I don't know if that makes sense to you necessarily, but I went from being sorry for them for understand to understanding how they must feel. And that changed yeah. my world. And then when that happened, I was able to start writing about it. I was able to understand what it might feel like to hear that your kid's going to die or that you're going to have oncology treatment for three years and you don't know what's going to happen because I, innately understand what it is to feel uncertain about what's going on with your child because kids throw you for a loop constantly. It's just what they do. It's their yes. job and they do it so well. So like yes. once I had something to write about, I started writing. I was just waiting patiently for it to happen. It's true. Kids take you for a loop and I'll share. My kid has been on antibiotics. He had a little thing that's going around. Everybody has it. Mm -hmm. and he started on antibiotics. He's never been on antibiotics before, and he started on them for the very first time. And I was nervous about it because I was like, his, his gut microbiome and all that jazz. And I started him on the antibiotics, and last night, on the day, that, that crazy story, that morning, I said, 
I know they say you're supposed to give it for 10 days, but I don't know why I feel like we need to stop it today. Mm-hmm. Don't know why I said this. My husband's like, I mean, you're a nurse practitioner. Like, if you think we should stop, we should stop. And I'm like, well, no, technically you should finish it. You, you don't stop antibiotics in the middle of the treatment, but you just have a weird feeling. And he's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, I'm going to just go with my science knowledge, which is just finish the drug. That night I gave him another dose mm-hmm. and his entire arm just broke out in this itchy, itchy, itchy rash. And I know this is totally non-podcast related. I might even take this out, but between you and me, mm-hmm. it was just this moment of like what you're describing, like I'm following so your intuition. Yeah. Yeah. Following my inf- intuition for one, my husband was like, you said it. That's so yeah. weird. And then two, he was like the other part of like, no, I know where I was going with this. The, the out of control part, just realizing that like, I have no control over what happens to this human. My heart walks outside of my body. Mm-hmm. And that you don't understand until you become a parent, right? Yeah. My heart will forever walk outside of my body and I'm absolutely not in control of what's going on here. And I yeah. just have to manage. I mean, and it's, it's a roller coaster. I know that's kind of a trite expression, but I have an episode of my of the Nurse Papa podcast coming out in the, tomorrow, actually. And in it, I describe this kind of roller coaster of being a parent. It's just like that stomach twisting, dropping feeling of being out of control and liking it. Because it's just like, it's such a, such a game. It's like, it's the most serious game you'll ever play, but it's so fun. <laughs> and yes. I think I, I encounter, so I encounter parents all the time, thousands of parents. And I see all these different ways that they parent. And that's why it's been so amazing for me to not study it, but like be aware of it, be a keen observer of these different techniques of parenthood. And for me, the best way to parent is to just enjoy it. And go for the ride and you know keep those kids safe but you just got to be uncomfortable you got to be afraid you got to be sad you got to be mad but you just got to be happy at the same time like there's like even even when i'm screaming at my kids which i try not to do i'm still happy i'm like it's so funny <laughs> i was trying to get the kids out of the house a couple of days ago and they were just like not we were gonna be late we have to drive 10 minutes to school it was just gonna be such a mess parking everything and I just raised my voice and I said, get in the car. And immediately they got in the car and my wife was like, why are you upset? So upset. I'm like, I'm not upset at all. I just know that they need to think I'm upset because they need to get in the damn car. <laughs> like, I just, yeah. I just want them to, to be a little afraid in this moment. <laughs> yes. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. And one of the things that I always do too in, in, in parenting Benjamin is when I do I say something very sternly, like, if you don't get in there right now, and then he's like, okay, mama. And then I'm like, I love you. He's like, I love you too. And I'm like, cause I just want him to know, like, even though I'm being stern right now and I'm trying to put a little, little fire under your pants, like, don't forget that like, I love you. Or the big one is when he puts his head down. Like if he puts <laughs> his head down, I immediately stop whatever we're doing. I'm hey like, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you're enjoying the conversation. I want to take a second to remind you guys to join the Dr. Nurse Podcast email list. Weekly, I send out emails about podcast episodes, blogs I'm creating, with information about nursing, motherhood, finance, health and wellness, how to build side hustles. It's all there. I want to provide nurses with information that I'm gleaning as I grow my business and my podcast. And now I have to tell you guys about today's sponsor. The Dr. Nurse Podcast is sponsored by the Network Nurse. You guys know that I love Savannah Arroyo and her whole team at the Network Nurse. I've actually had her on my podcast, so check out her episode if you're wanting to know more about her and what she does. Her Network Nurse team is on a mission to empower nurses to take control of their net worth. The Network Nurse is an educational site where nurses come together to learn about wealth building strategies. Their website has blogs, instructional downloads, video courses on real estate and investing, personalized coaching, and an interactive and growing community of like-minded individuals. The Networth Nurse has everything you need to grow wealth. Be sure to check them out in the links in my show notes, and let's get back to the conversation. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Did you, did you put your head down? Did you pick that head up? Yeah. He's like... Okay, mama. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not scolding you to put you down or to make you feel shame or I don't know what emotion this is. I'm trying to raise I you up. I want to capture, I want to capture that moment and make sure that that is not getting reinforced. And so it's just, 
you have to be super intentional, super awake, super present. And present that's is all the you key. Can do. Yeah, no, it's you can do. Absolutely. It's funny. And I'll send you a video. I have this video of playing a song on my ukulele. And there's actually a chicken on my on the end of my ukulele, one of our little chickens. And one of the lines in the song is you don't know how much I love you. And my son was listening on the side. He's like, Yes, we do. And that has just killed me because like, it's so important. Like, if your kids know that you love them, you're like 99% there, like you've done your job. You can you can go to bed at that point. <laughs> yeah, well said. Oh my gosh, David, I'm gonna have to like edit this out for my crying constantly throughout this podcast episode. So that is your journey to where you are now. Can you tell me about maybe one of the times throughout your journey? Cause you didn't wake up one day and have a podcast and a book and have a great career in pediatric oncology that you love. There's been a journey to this spot, right? And yeah. going and, and creating these little side streams and little things that you've been able to express yourself through. Can you share with my listeners maybe a challenge that you had to overcome throughout your career? And then maybe a real big success, a high, a moment that you were like, or maybe one that's coming up that you're like, this is, this is it. I'm super excited about this, this thing that we've got going on in regards to your career. I mean, I've had challenges like everybody else. I, I definitely experienced some nurse bullying when I was a new nurse. I, like, it was crazy. I, I, I thought after six months of nursing that I was actually going to fail at something for the first time, which was terrifying to me because I mean, it's not like I've excelled at everything in my life but I've never failed and I've never given up. And I thought, oh, I'm gonna fail because I was getting my butt kicked by these just poison, poison people. And what saved me was like other colleagues who became my mentor and who stood up for me and really kind of like raised me up instead of breaking me down. So yeah, that was a huge, huge challenge. And I think actually like our floor was pretty decent. It was just a couple poisoned attitudes, but I think Typically, like there's some that's it's a real problem in the nursing world. Yeah. I mean, I, I've only worked one place in my entire nursing career, so I don't have that much perspective. But yeah, I've had so that's many. It's been mentors. a challenge for you. What about yeah? So what about any six and any mo any moments in your career that you're like these? This is a high. This is it. I'm excited about. I mean, every day, <laughs> every day <laughs> that I, I go that. to work and I make a kid smile, or I make a good intervention between a child and a therapy that is dangerous because things sneak through. I'm like, oh, let's not do this because you miss this. Like, what's crazy is that I've been doing this for 15 years. I don't know everything. There's many things I don't know, but I know a hell of a lot more than a first year resident. So like, there's just like the nurse being the last barrier to harm yeah. coming to their patient. There's so much opportunity to like politely educate somebody who makes a, a bad call. So yeah. there are many, many things I'm proud of, but just being a good person, having the opportunity to be a good person every day, first of all, it's my pleasure. Like, I'm like, oh, dude, thanks for paying me to do this. And also <laughs> letting me, <laughs> letting me feel these feelings, like these deep, deep feelings of gratitude every day I go to work, just being with these kids and these parents, like, that's just the joy of it. Like, I don't need anything else. And we're talking about dying tomorrow. Like whatever happens. Like if I die tomorrow, I'm good. Like I've been so blessed in my life. I've gone everything I've wanted. I've worked hard and I've achieved a level of satisfaction. I could die tomorrow. I just want my kids to be okay. Like that's, that's all there is to it. And ultimately if I died, my kids wouldn't be okay. So I'm gonna have to stick around for a while. <laughs> Wait till they're 18. <laughs> yep. Yep. I hear you on that. And so you describe mentors, and that's one of the things that I have found in nursing that is lacking. And I, I have mm -hmm. not had great opportunities for mentorship, and and even convictingly so, have I been the best mentor? I mean, that's kind of one of the things I've been asking myself. So, but could you describe maybe people that have come alongside that you want to come alongside you that you want to shout out that you're like, this person had my back, and it changed it changed the game because they came alongside and they said, you're not going to walk alone. I'm gonna walk with I mean, you. that happens all the time. And I think it's, it's much more than that. Like, yeah, of course I have people 
who were explicitly at my back who said, he's, he's a good guy. Like, let's just give him some time. But I am a big fan of implicit education and mentoring, like seeing what people do and seeing what works and then doing it. So I'll tell you two stories. Did we have time for this? Yeah. Okay. Tell me. The first story is a nurse mentor. And I remember I was a young nurse. I didn't know anything. And I was taking care of a dying teenage boy. And I was with another nurse at the boy's bedside and the, the boy's dad was you know, standing over him and the boy was actively dying. And the dad was just so there in that moment. He just, he just wanted to take care of his son. And the nurse said this most amazing thing to him. She said, have you told him that it's okay to go? And in that moment, I was like, what are you saying to this dad? You can't tell him that it's okay if his son dies. But it was the most beautiful thing you could ever say to somebody because kids need their, their parents' permission. That's all they want. They want to make their, sure their parents are okay and that they'll be okay when they're gone. And it was like this nurse who she was, she'd been in the trenches. She knew what she was doing. She was an expert at what she did. And not only as, as her, her nursing side, but just her, her ability to be a human. And I was like, seeing things like that and being able to like take them in and really know what a person needs. That's, that's what mentorship is. Cause that's one story. You ready for number two? <laughs> Cause if you're, you're coming for number one, number two is going to kill you. So <laughs> it's not just nurses who are mentors, it's patients and their parents. So I was taking care of this other boy. And this is when I've, I've been a nurse for 12 years at this point. I knew what I was doing and he had a disease called DIPG. It's a brain tumor that it's one of those brain tumors where you will definitely die. It's just going to happen. Like we're all going to die, but this kid's going to die within two years. And it's going to be a steady neurological progression where when I first knew him, he had trouble moving around, but he could talk, he could breathe on his own. And then I walked into his room one day and I hadn't seen him for like six months. And he was just, his disease had progressed so much. He was almost blind. He, he could, he could barely hear to the point where his parents were always screaming in his ear, which was like such a scene, parents screaming in his ear, just so he could hear them say, I love you. Or do you want me, do you want this? He could, he was having lots of respiratory problems. Like he could barely breathe. His secretions were so crazy. We would just stand there looking at the sat, mat, sat monitor waiting for it to go back up. Anyway, I'm standing there at this boy's bedside and his mom's holding his hand and she's telling me about all the things he did and was when he was healthy. Like he was an Eagle Scout. He was so good at mathematics. He was really into cars. He always liked it. He's like, I want a Tesla. That's what I want when I grow up and just blowing his stuff up about what a great kid he was. And then I'll never forget. She grabbed his hand and she looked me right in the eyes and she said, <laughs> But I'm so proud of who my son became. And that just like, in that moment, it just like, I almost fell to the floor because like, what is a better example of what it means to be a parent? You don't get your kids to do what you want. You get to where you want, where your kids want to be. And you be that mentor and you'd be proud of them for what they are not for what they could be, not for what they were. And that just killed me. It just killed me. And that's the most important thing I've ever learned nursing. And I learned it from a parent who wasn't trying to teach me anything. She was just trying to be there for her son. And he died, he died a while back and his parents came back to the hospital and they wanted to say hi to me. And I wasn't there, but somebody told me that they like bought a Tesla. So they could just, so they could have a Tesla because there's someone one so badly. <laughs> they came to the hospital on his birthday for all days. Anyway, mentorship, you never know where those lessons are going to come from, but they're going to come. He's got to be open to it. And then you write a book about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, David. Ooh. Mm. These stories are, are hard to hear. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this, <laughs> but like, yeah, 
they're not yeah. bad to hear, right? Like these are important no. stories to hear. And no. it's okay to cry. Crying yeah, is the no. best. You ever get that cry where you're like <laughs> snotty and it's just like, Ugh. you're like, no. I love that. I love, I love when I'm like crying because I'm like, oh, I'm fully alive in this moment because I am sad about it's something. True, like, <laughs> like it's better than I, sitting there watching Netflix and just like, oh, I'm watching New Girl for like the tenth time. I've seen this episode so many mind nubbing. I mean, it's true. What you're describing is like mind numbing Netflix instead of being awake and alive and experiencing and feeling things. Like it's a very different experience. I think what I'm just feeling and what I'm I'm, I want to convey to my listeners is why it's so important to live every day when you're at work to enjoy the journey of our lives. Because if you get so caught up in work and you have this life altering jolt and it can be a child's illness, it can be your own illness. All so many stories in my in my podcast are from people that have experienced something terrible happening to them that makes them wake up and say what am i doing with my life mm-hmm. and as you describe these stories of children that unfortunately are aren't given the time frame to even become a nurse right to even become they don't know what something. they want they don't know what they can be they don't they don't get the time right they're they didn't get the the, the shot to do these things you owe it to yourself and you owe it to everyone around you to do exactly what brings you joy in life and makes you feel alive. And if that is being a mom and staying home, do it. If that is working part-time and staying home and maybe you get slack from people at work about how you're not full-time anymore, do it. Like do that thing because what you're describing in both of those stories is feeling life and enjoying every moment and realizing that you don't know how long and it's about people. It's all about the people around you and the connections and the relationships that you have. That's the stuff that matters. Everything else doesn't matter. The money doesn't matter. The house doesn't matter. The clothes, all this stuff that we chase after. I mean, there, it doesn't. It's true. Like it does matter in the sense that we all need to, clothe and house ourselves and like sometimes you just got to feed the machine right you gotta you gotta go work when you don't want to you got to do this when you don't want to you gotta do that when you don't want to but if you can do it with joy that's better (laughs) it's so much better because you'll bring something to it that would otherwise not be there like i would much rather be at work laughing between different rooms which i am like i just like i love just like that space between different rooms because you don't ever know what you're going to get when you enter a new hospital. But if you do it with joy and you do it with purpose, you're going to just enjoy it so much more. Like sometimes you do have to fake it until you make it. Yeah. I don't have to fake it too often to enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. David, could you give me a piece of advice for a new nurse that's starting off in her career that you would want her to keep close to her heart and a piece Mm -hmm. of advice that you would tell her if you hear this, don't listen to it because it's garbage. Okay. One thing I would tell any new nurse is that rarely, only about 5% of the time, is it a true emergency? Like you, there will be times when you walk into a room and a child is blue and you're like, oh, that's anaphylaxis and you need to take care of that. Very now, epi, yes. everything, code. <laughs> But that's like not a very common thing that happens in the hospital. Like most things you can slow down, you can stop and you can think and you can do something that is appropriate and right. Don't fly off the handle. Don't react. And that has to go. That is for like anything in life. But I'm talking medical, psychosocial, everything, anything that throws you for a loop. It's not an emergency. You can figure it out. Don't just don't react. Don't react, think, and then you can make it through it. Get some help. There's so many things. And then you said something that people shouldn't do. Yeah, so then Um, then if you hear, it's just like, don't listen to that. That's not Like when anybody tells you you can't do something, like, oh, you want to go into this type of nursing, you can't do that. I remember when I told my grandmother I was gonna be a nurse, the, the first thing she said to me, she's like, a nurse? 
that's for women. You can't do that. Yeah. And like, she, she meant well, I and mean, she just was coming yeah. from a different generation. And cause her daughter was also, was a nurse. And yeah. you know, I, I didn't take that to heart. I still became a nurse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't, yeah. Don't let, don't listen to the naysayers. It's just going to, they'll just drag you down. Yeah. I Surround yourself by positive people like that is what you want to do. Surround yourself by people whose eyes light up when you enter the room. That, that's what you got to do. Yeah, that's good advice. So the last part of the interview is the rapid fire. Questions, 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 questions. Okay. What's your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Because mm. I love the food. I love the family. I love the gathering. I don't like the social cultural implications of people coming to the new world and killing Native <laughs> Americans. But... That's okay. You can repurpose it to something different. I'm sorry, you're Italian, right? No, I'm not. <laughs> you know what's magenta? That's my husband's last name. I'm uh, not. Okay. I'm what not do you? What, what's your? What, is Italian. What's your ethnic background? I'm Puerto Rican and African American. You Puerto Rican, African American. Okay, so you're my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on anybody's side. Okay, I'm, I'm a mix. Side. Yeah. Okay. I'm, Yo, on two sides. I'm so my wife is Indian. <laughs> My kids are biracial, like your kids, and like aren't they oh. the most beautiful kids in the world? Like those biracial kids, you're just like, oh my god! You, I look at my son and daughter, I'm like, man, you are so, I'm beautiful <laughs> all the time. <laughs> all right, this is not rapid. This is not rapid. <laughs> so, uh, what's your favorite pizza topping? Oh, jalapenos, corn. I make pizza, so every Friday night we make pizza, and my favorite one is um, jalapeno, corn, and pepper on top of it. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. And if you had to pick a spirit animal, what I'll tell you right now. animal do you feel like it is? My my spirit animal is a jackrabbit. A jackrabbit? Yeah. And I have actually what? encountered oh a jackrabbit in the desert and we had a very spiritual experience. I can't no talk about that. I can't give you too many details about that. But yeah, it's a jackrabbit. <laughs> I love, honestly, I get the most interesting answers for these things i love it what I is like... your spirit animal great thanks for asking no problem i'm interested in people <laughs> me... i'm gonna if ask I the questions pay... now i'm doing rapid fire I... I think this is your podcast. let me let me like what animal do i feel like i would have you never thought about this you asked this I've question i've never thought about it dear I'm god sandra you... i've never thought about it what's your I favorite holiday like it... <laughs> I feel like my spirit animal is an ostrich. An ostrich? Yes. Okay. I like it. I don't really know why. I just feel uh -huh. like a giraffe or an ostrich, like something long, because I'm a long tall girl, like 5'9". Uh -huh. um, but there's also something about the way like an ostrich, I think I'm more of an ostrich because it's a little bird-like. And like, mm. I feel like I could be a little more like, like, and then get my wings going. I don't know. I just yeah. kind of just like a giraffe's a little too slow. Like yeah. an ostrich is a little more on my like frequency. Well, I've spent a lot of time with birds recently, as I've, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, cause I've got eight chickens and it's so funny. I look at them and I see them looking at me and I think to myself, if you were the size of an ostrich, you would definitely eat me. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. I'm like, you just don't, you just can't do it. But if you could, you would. <laughs> yeah. Like an ostrich is super powerful too, which is why yeah. like, it's just like a, a form. Like it's not. Yeah. A, they can a kill somebody by kicking it. Yeah. No, they're very yeah, powerful. You don't think of it. But you but also like, hear about an ostrich, like they're being cowardly. Is that true? Or is that just like a cartoon thing? They say like they put their head in the sand. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. But like. Cause you don't seem like you, that... that's what you would do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know about that. Like, I don't. I have to study their 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 behaviors in the wild a yeah. little bit more. Okay, get to back to me on that, Kim. I will. I will. I'll get back to you on that. So, <laughs> David, where can people find you? Where can they re like hear your podcast? Get your book? Uh, give a shameless plug for my listeners as we sign off. Oh, There's nothing today. shameless about it. So you can find <laughs> my my book on Amazon. It's called Nurse Papa. 16 Meditations on Parenthood from a Pediatric Oncology Nurse. It's also in many local bookstores in the Bay Area. Um, but if you're not in the Bay Area, Amazon's going to be your best bet. Um, if you want to support your local bookstore, enter the bookstore, go to the person in charge and say, I'd like to 
get this book. And they'll, they'll say, we don't carry Nurse Papa here. And you'll say, well, can you order it for me? And they'll say, sure, we can order it. So that's, that's the cool. best way to get this book is to ask your local bookstore, support your brick and mortar and get that book mm -hmm. to you. The podcast, you can hear it anywhere on whatever podcast platform you listen to. It's also Nurse Papa. It's hilarious. Each episode is 15 minutes. It's very digestible. You can listen to it on the way to work or um, while you're ignoring your spouse. And um, it's funny, when I got AirPods, those are like the noise canceling headphones. It like yeah. almost ended my marriage because my <laughs> wife could literally be behind me screaming and I'd be like, da, 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 da. So definitely AirPods, great for a marriage. So, and yeah, the, the podcast is super fun. And one thing that my, my listeners do is they write me letters and letters of parenthood questions. I get the most amazing letters and I do lots of research and I answer their questions. So if you are interested in interacting with me and being on my podcast, meaning I will read your letter and answer it, email me david at nursepopofthebook.com and let's, let's solve these problems together. Oh man, that is so deep. I feel like this this podcast episode has been an emotional roller coaster. I, I mean, can immediately tell. Just yeah, you're gonna need hi, a hug. And then I like, <laughs> I, I think I do. I'm gonna go out there and hug my kid <laughs> as soon as I'm done with this. And have my husband hug me because it was just again. I don't know if you always have this effect on podcasts or it's just on mine, but it was. I think it was just really deep, and I'm really thankful that you came on. And oh yeah, it's shared. been a lot of fun. Something about me, and I don't know if it's particularly unique, but. I just like have zero filter. <laughs> I mean, I know how to act appropriately. I put on my pants the right way. I will not do something grossly inappropriate, but like, I'm not going to have like a conversation with you at a party or yeah. on a podcast. If we're going to talk about something, we're going to be fully real. And that means yeah. talking about things that are hard and talking about things that are hilarious and having those things happen in the same breath, because it's just like, that's what life is. It's, multifactorial. It has lots of emotions. It's messy. And if you can't deal with it, you might as well not appear on podcasts. <laughs> yeah. And it's life. I think this, life. this is, this is life. So, yeah. well, it was just perfectly depicted. So thank you for sharing and thank you for your time today. No, thank it's you my for pleasure. coming on and, and sharing everything that you did today. And I know people are going to get something out of it. So thank you. Yeah, no, I'm definitely happy to be here. And one more plug. I will tell your listeners that you know may 11th 9 p.m hour nbc today show we'll be talking about my book with the anchor so that's something that's coming up i cannot wait to put that on here i will definitely link that in the show notes yeah this i'll send it link. out when that comes out yeah or just yeah, that'll um, be perfect. if you link it then they'll i can give you the website before like yeah. after it comes out so you, you can do it after it comes out you don't have to do it yeah. beforehand that's fine I'm going to stress you out, Sandra. You got too much going on already. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a wrap. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And leave me a review if you like the show. I would love to get five stars. The Doctor Nurse podcast is on the World Wide Web, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, and TikTok. Subscribe to my newsletter for updates on new podcast episodes and other information to help you on your own nursing journey. You can always message me at the Dr. Nurse Podcast at gmail.com with any career professions that you are interested in hearing about. And just a friendly reminder, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only, and the information should not be used in substitute for professional care by a medical provider. The information in this podcast does not represent medical or professional advice or services. Team Mama Papa. I love Mama. Bye.